Welcome to the Healing Place podcast, a space filled with inspirational stories of hope, along with practical advice for your healing journey. Your host is Terry Welbrock, trauma warrior, writer, speaker, blogger, therapy dog handler, and founder of the Sammy's Bundles of Hope Project. As a survivor and a thriver, Terry's mission is to shine the light of hope into the world by interviewing insightful guests from across the globe. Please stay tuned at the end of today's interview as we honor our sponsors. The Healing Place podcast is a fiscally sponsored project of Fractured Atlas. Now, here's your host and trauma warrior, Terry Welbrock. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Healing Place podcast. I am your host, Terry Welbrock, and very excited to have with me today, Lisa Copeland. And I'm going to read from my sheet of paper because of my menopause brain. Best-selling author, speaker, love coach, and dating expert for women over 50. I'm very excited to have you here. So welcome. Hi, Terry. I'm so excited you had me here. Thank you. This is an honor to be here. Well, and I just love it that before we hit record, we found so much in common that we have. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we did. Turns out we grew up in the same city. (laughs) Exactly. Know all the kind of the same stomping grounds. So, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. So, yeah. So, tell everybody who you are and what it is you're doing in the world. So, I am a love coach and dating expert for women over 50. And it started because I had so many miserable experiences dating. I was told I was emasculating men. I was, I didn't know what to do. I mean, truly, I didn't know what to do because we weren't really born knowing how to date in our 50s. And we're like one of the first generations to do that. And I felt so not confident and so um, disempowered in the dating world. And it was not fun. It was horrible. And that's what led me down a track after my second marriage ended. And it was the second guy that said to me, you don't know how to let a man be a man. That led me down the path to doing what I'm doing today. And I love, love helping women heal their hearts and then um, be able to come to a place of loving themselves, loving men, and then finding love with the right man. Beautiful. And I love the idea of, yes, healing ourselves first, because Mm -hmm. that's such an important step in the process of, uh, well, it's just, it's a critical step. It has to be done. Yeah. Most, a lot of people skip that step. They get out of a relationship and then they go into the next relationship. And what ends up happening is you re-attract the same person. Well, they're not the same person. They're a different person with different shoes, different hair, different job, but the same underlying emotional issues that you just left. And you need to get yourself back. I think that We forget that we lose so much of our, or can lose, not everybody does, but we can lose so much of ourself in a relationship because we become so intertwined, especially if we've been married a long time. And you got to take some time to get yourself back and to really see what floats your boat that's all yours. And that's actually really exciting if you let yourself do that. Yeah. Beautiful. I told you again, before we hit record that I really was drawn to the words, Um, confidence and empowerment on your website. And again, that's just so important for all of us, but particularly women who are 
struggling with um, pain. Yes. And they usually do not have the confidence to go back out and get into the dating world, or they go out into the dating world missing that confidence. And there is a law of attraction that you only can attract from where you're at. So what happens is, is if you're missing the confidence, then you attract men that are missing their confidence. And what they might end up doing is criticizing you, or they are so into themselves that you end up criticizing them. And it's all reflected back and forth you know, with the confidence thing. It's, it's one of the first things I do when I work with a client is help them feel good about themselves again and help them remember the amazing parts and pieces of who they are so they can bring them back together and become the whole, their whole self. They've kind of forgotten how to do that in a marriage. Cause we're, there's three people in a marriage. There's the, um, whether you're in a gay marriage or you're in a straight marriage, there is uh, um, two partners and then the relationship. So it's three, you know, it's three, um, oh, I don't know, entities are in a relationship. So <laughs> yeah, does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, the me, the you, the us, right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so people forget that. They really do. They forget there's an us. And, or that that third part is in there because they just think of the me and the you. And so many times I think with relationships, we don't think what's best for us and we still have to honor ourselves and then come to a place of what is best for the us in that relationship from a place of honoring ourselves and then find compromise. Yeah. Well, and that was the word you just sucked out of my head was compromise. When you, yeah. <laughs> you can honor the me in each of us, you know, each person honor the me, you can then come to a place of compromise. Yeah. Well, yeah. some people think that's really selfish. They'll say, what do you mean? Honor myself first. I mean, I'm in this marriage. I should honor them first. But what ends up happening, and especially for women, is we end up overgiving. And we overgive and we overgive and then we overgive and we become resentful because we have actually trained someone to stop giving to us by us giving the majority. We train them to stop. And uh, this is a huge thing Now I, I help um, women find men or, you know, help them feel confident in themselves. And, you know, I'm not a matchmaker. I give them the tools and the strategies, the dating tools and strategies and the mindset strategies and the support to find the right man for them. And to do it, they need to come from a place, first of all, from honoring themselves. And we forget to do that. <laughs> yeah. And that's, I mean, again, I just, I love what you're speaking to in the, um, honoring of you know your own truths and your own needs as well as um yeah just it's just a self-respect it is and so yeah i was telling you about it being selfish so pe some people think that's selfish but it's not it is more if everybody would take their responsibility of themselves first then it would be so much easier we have this tendency to put blame everywhere and it's their fault their fault not enough people on dating sites or not enough people in the real world or only the good ones are taken, but it really starts from where you're vibrating within you. You still have to take action to make things happen, but the main game sits inside of you and how you feel about yourself and about men or the people you're going to be attracted to. 
Yes, very much so. I know in my own personal research, some of the things I discovered was people with trauma history, so particularly women with trauma history, tend to be very drawn to narcissistic men or narcissistic partners or even narcissistic friendships. Um, and that's, that's very powerful. Do you touch upon that at all? So usually narcissists, um, and I, I have a lot of clients that have attracted that. I used to attract that myself. And I find that a narcissist and arrogance, those two usually come together. And they usually come from someone that has more traditional ideals. I, this is what I have found. Um, more traditional ideals of um, what a marriage should look like. More like June and Ward Cleaver from the TV show, <laughs> Leave it to Beaver. And they figure they're going to bring the money and the woman can do the rest. So usually both are coming in wounded and the one becomes usually not the narcissist. It usually becomes about the narcissist and making the nar narcissist feel safe so they can come to the relationship for the one that is not the narcissist, but is also wounded. And that person starts over giving for love. They think if I give them enough, if I just do it this way or that way, they'll be able to come back and love me and be able to give to me. But it doesn't work that way because they're totally about them. And this is a more selfish piece of being about them, a narcissist, because they don't really care about anybody else but them. Whereas what we were talking about earlier is when you take care of yourself first and come to the table, that makes a big difference. Yeah. So when these women overgive and overgive, they get nothing back and it drains them and they become uh, resentful. And then the, per the narcissist sometimes feels controlled as a result of it, but they've created that. They want someone to take care of things for them because they feel that their job is usually about them and what they're going to bring money-wise, things like that. Now, again, this is what I have found in relationships with for dating. Yeah. And, and that's, I mean, that's like boots on the ground kind of research because you're, you know, you're seeing it firsthand or hearing it um, from the people you work with. Yeah. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Uh, so your books, let's steer to that for just a second. So you have <laughs> the dating formula for women over 50 is your, is your book that's available on Amazon. And then an ebook, five little known secrets for finding a quality man after 50. So yeah. Do you want to talk about those at all? Sure. Well, let's talk about the free, the ebook is a free ebook. It's on my website at findaqualityman.com. And it is, um, you know, it's for women that are a little stuck or even just beginning or even out there and just need some inspiration. It, it talks about how to find men, whether it's online, in the real world, what to do. It gives you lots of ideas. The winning dating formula for women over 50, which is on Amazon, is actually the structure to my coaching program. And it gives you a taste of what that's like and, and some of the things that we do in my coaching program. And it's a, it's a system um, because you need a system. I mean, it's, I remember when I first started dating, I didn't know what I was doing. I would call my sister crying all the time because I felt like men were rejecting me, but they really weren't. I just 
One, I didn't know how to trigger what's called the hero response in them. And that's speaking the language they speak in here. And number two, I just didn't fit the picture of who they wanted. I rejected men too, but we as women take it so personally that we, you know, I would be like in tears all the time. Because like I said earlier, we weren't born knowing how to date in our 50s. And so we often go back to our 20s. And this is what really takes women down is they're looking for that instant chemistry and attraction the second that they meet someone. And we did that in our 20s because we were looking to find a man um, that, uh, that we could have uh, babies with that would be strong. And we needed that constant um, Oh, that constant release of oxytocin, the bonding hormone. Today, for women that are older than 50, it's about support. It's about having somewhat companionship. It's about having fun. It's about um, having someone's back and they have yours. And you have to give people a chance because attraction and chemistry can build. And when we don't give people a chance and we base it on before the cup of coffee's done, whether we have instant attraction, that's a setup for failure. So I created a system and I, it's in the uh, winning dating formula for women over 50. That's on Amazon. And it's also, like I said, part of my coaching program because you need a system. You need, it's like anything you want to do. You got to know how to do it. It doesn't just come out of the wind. You know? right. I wish people dropped on our doorsteps. It would be so <laughs> lovely. <laughs> you know? Or like in the movies, you know, when you see each other across the room. I just watched, what did I watch? It's one of my favorites. Um, oh, you've got mail. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. yeah no, no. Well, that one, but this one was Sleepless in Seattle. When he's standing at the airport and she walks out, you know, and it's like that, oh, kind of moment. So, Right, right. Well, I will say sometimes men do know right away. And men absolutely have to have instant attraction. That's just built into them. But for women, we can change that. We or we don't have to have that. We think we do, but that attraction can grow. I remember being in a relationship. This was right after my 24-year marriage ended. Not right after. I took time to heal, but I was in a two-and-a-half-year relationship with a man who, when I first met him, his accent, he was from Brooklyn, New York, and I, all I could hear was that New York accent, you know, real nicely, and he, he just... Oh, he just was not the greatest, but he was the kindest, kindest man. And I went out with him a few more times and he started to get really cute. And the chemistry started to build. So that's why it's important to give people a chance. Yeah. It's a, a whole, and get clear on why you want a relationship this time around. Right. That's part of feeling empowered is having the tools, knowing what to do, having support and knowing your intention. What is my intention yes. for a relationship now? Right. Well, and having a relationship end after 24 years, no matter whether it was mutual or sudden, or, you know, Oops. you didn't see it coming or you did, um, it's traumatic. It can be. Yes. Um, it, cha it changes your life. You're, um, when you go from married to single, it changes your life totally because one, you're not part of a couple anymore. And because of that, you 
um, miss out on certain things that used to happen in your life. You have to reestablish a social life. And by the way, you can still be friends with the couples that you were friends with, but you usually have to initiate it when you're single. They don't think to do it. And then you're, I think you're growing at a totally different pace than married friends because they're in a set situation that's been set for a lot of years. And sometimes you outgrow married friends because of that, that you're just in a totally different place. I think you're forced to learn about yourself really quickly and it becomes a journey. Yeah. I'm glad you clarified that, that it can be traumatic. It doesn't have to be. I miss right. But yeah, because there are other circumstances where it can be healing really to be away from a, from a relationship that's, um, you know, crossing your boundaries or um, yeah. creating havoc in your life or abusive. Oh yeah. Yeah. Those are t a totally different story. You still grow. You yeah. grow in different ways. When you're in a marriage, you're growing with a partner. When you're growing on your own, you really have to know who you learn, who you are. And that's why you want to heal your heart before you go out and get married. Cause you got to know who you are. So you know what you have to offer if you decide you want to be in a relationship again. Right. Awesome. Hello everyone. Just wanted to take a moment to send out a huge thank you to the healing place podcast sponsors on the advocate level, Christina Boschman for her generous donation and on the friend level, Terry Malik for her generation and continued support of the Healing Place podcast. If you would like to be a sponsor or donate to the Healing Place podcast, please visit my website at terrywellbrock.com, T-E-R-I-W-E-L-L-B-R-O-C-K.com and follow the links for Donate Now at Fractured Atlas at the top of any of the pages. Donate Now at Fractured Atlas. All right, back to the show. So do you want to share with us one of the, one of the little known secrets? <laughs> so I'd rather share with you something from my book, if that's okay. Yes, absolutely. Is that, is that okay? Can I yeah. share something about men and the way men think? Sure. Would that be all right? Of course. Because everybody can use this. Um, as women, we, well, let me go back. Uh, when I came out of that marriage, I, I, um, got to know a lot of new single women. And this, I went on a vacation with a friend and um, we had so much fun, but we sat by the pool drinking Cosmos because back in the day, that was a sex in the city thing. You know, I'm showing my age, <laughs> but that was a sex in the city thing. And we were laughing. We had both started dating and we're going, you know, I think that we really want women in men's bodies because, and it's true we do because we think that men think like we do and they don't. Men are hero oriented, which I mentioned earlier. Women are community oriented. So it, for example, Terry, if I said to you, could you please help me move this table? What would you say to me? Sure. <laughs> Of course you would, because you're community oriented. Yes, <laughs> and you exactly. were, and I said, please, and I was so sweet. Well, my first husband used to say to me, You're ordering me around. And I'm thinking, how can I be ordering you around? I'm saying please. Yeah. You know? 
But I was community oriented and he was hero oriented. And when what he heard was his mom again saying, honey, please move your shoes off the steps. Honey, please. It sounds like nagging, even though to us we say, please, but that's community to a man that sounds like his mom and who's nagging him again to do something. So a man, you have, if you want to use these words, I need your help, or could you do me a favor? When you say those words just like that, I need your help. I have so many people try and change them, but it doesn't work because it goes back to community. Um, I need your help, or could you do me a favor? Men will say, sure, because what you've done is you've triggered in them that hero response. The And it is innate in men, especially alpha men, to keep you safe and protected and provided for to the best of their ability. And we don't realize this because nobody ever taught us this about men, that we just nagged. I remember nagging the crap out of men. You know? <laughs> I, and I always got along well with men. And so when these two men said to me, you don't know how to let a man be a man, I was like, oh. And I went back to my first husband and I said, did I emasculate you? But that was a different story. We were building roles as we grew together. We were very young. But when you come into a relationship, like after 50 and you're doing it with a man, he's changed a lot. You're not building an empire again, like the kids, the dog, the cat, the house, the jobs, the marriage. You're in a whole different place and they truly want to make you happy but they don't want to be emasculated by being told what to do, when to do, where to do, and how to do it. So that is something really important to understand about men. And then you want to appreciate them and thank them, you know, for what they did because men need that, or we train them to stop doing for us. And men are about actions. They're not about, it's their actions is really their way of showing you love. And whereas we're about words. Yeah. Fascinating. I mean, I, I, I instantly, you know, well, one, I go to my relationship because I, I was married at 22 to my husband. Um, yeah. And how we were just babies trying to figure it out. And same thing. I was 20. I was 22. Also, I was 21, actually t- turning 22 as a yeah. baby. Yeah. But it's a whole different way of doing things. And, and like we go through menopause men go through a big change too in their lives. And a lot of divorces happen right when mine did at that 24, 25, um, you know, around there because men are reevaluating their lives and what it, how it is that they want to be just like we are too. That's part of menopause as well is us reevaluating our lives. And they come out in a place where they know what they want to do and that's all they're going to do. They're not going to do things they don't want to do. But now they will, if you say to them, you know, I need your help or could you do me a favor? Many, and they want to make you happy. This is an emotionally healthy man. And if they want to make you happy, they are going to do it. And I've had men say to me, because I write about men and I have men follow me and they will write me and say to me, I wish that women understood this about us. I so wish they did. And it's, um, it's always really interesting that in my clients, because I teach them about men, 
And they'll say, the men will say to them, yes, that's true. They'll explain what they've learned. And the men will say, yeah, that's true. That's exactly how I feel. But it's very foreign to us because we're so community oriented. No one taught us, especially with, we grew up with um, women's rights and, and, you know, being in the boardroom and really be, we became super everything and we lost the cooperation of men and we lost them helping us because we began to boss them versus cooperating with them. And we got a lot of really good things from that. And now it's important to be able to have that job, but not to have to do it all ourselves anymore. We need to have their cooperation so that it's a more, it's a much fairer, thing what's going on versus us always having to be super women yeah yeah and it makes me i don't want to say devil's advocate really but then men saying oh because women are community oriented to come that women with a much more community approach i would guess so men don't understand us any more than we get them <laughs> And we are like automatically usually helping them. You know, we're automatically, it's in our nurturing, caring DNA coding from the caveman days where the women nurtured and took care of everything and the men went out and hunted. Right. And we're the ones that lost their cooperation and they stopped it because we showed up at the, um, showed up as men in suits in in skirts and, we lost it and we actually lost our power with men by stepping on them, by telling them what to do. We lose power immediately because men will turn off. And even in business, this works. I had a client, she was uh, trying to seal a deal with a major corporate executive and she would show up in her woman's man suit and her briefcase and the charts and all this. And, she started working with me and I taught her this about men. And she later said to me, she thought she was going to vomit when she heard it because it was the antithesis of what we've been taught. And it's also like exactly what you said. Why do I have to change? Why, you know? But we're not changing. I want people that everyone listening to this understand you're not changing. You're actually adding to your life by having this understanding. You're going to, it's going to change your life. It's like magic. Men will step up. So back to the story. So she decided, all right, I have nothing to lose. I'm going to try this stuff in business. She went in the next day with a skirt on. It was an appropriate business skirt, but it wasn't the severe back in the day black man suit, you know, that women used to wear. She shook this executive's hand and she said to him, I need your help. How can we make this deal go through? He was so alpha. And he said to her, um, how can I help you? They sealed the deal in 10 minutes. They sat and talked for another 40. And then at the end, he said to her, if you need help with anything else, come to me. And if you notice, she wasn't a doormat. She just triggered his hero response. She got his cooperation versus when she was going in there like a man, a, she was going in like a man, but in a woman's body, he was competing with her because men compete with men and she was kind of in, she wasn't getting what she needed. So this getting this cooperation of men is so powerful and it's in a good way. It's going to help you. 
not to manipulate men. That is a no-no. Right, right. To get it in a good, clean, positive way of triggering this hero response because they really do want to make your life easier in well, business and, and personally. And it's honoring the woman within. I mean, that's how I'm hearing it by saying, you know what? I am a cooperative by nature. I am nurturing by nature. And to do so. Yeah. And we sort of lost that. Okay. We lost that and became like men just in women's bodies. And, and it is nice to go to our feminine side. It's nice sometimes to have a guy open the door for you. Can you do it yourself? Yeah. But when someone does that, it's like they're honoring you. They're respecting you. And they're saying, I want to do this for you. So this is important. I, um, I have a friend, she lives in Switzerland and we talk about men and she was on a train, you know, they have such wonderful trains in Europe <laughs> and she was sitting next to a man. And I guess when they got on, she put something up on the top thing and, and they were talking about all this man stuff. She was asking them how he felt. I don't know how they got onto it, but she was asking them how they felt. So the train stops, they're both getting off. They both stand up. He says, can I get that suit, you know, whatever it was up there down for you? What do you think she said? Sure. She said no. Oh. She, after he had just said to her, you know, I really, you know, it is my pleasure. to. It, it, I like making women happy. I want to help them if they can. So she realized her mistake, though. But it wasn't until she got off the train and she was talking to me again. She went, oh, my God. So when something like that happens and a man offers to help you, it's when it's in this situation, there's no strings attached to this. And many times there aren't. And he just wanted to help her and make her life a little easier. So it's like they're trying to give you a gift. And when we say no, we're actually pushing back on a gift. And, you know, it's like, think of it in terms of that. We're actually saying, no, I don't want your gift. You know, that we think I could do it myself. Of course you can. But again, nobody wants to do it all themselves anymore. It's nice having help. So think of it as a gift that he's really helping you to uh, make your life a little easier. And God, we could use that, you know. <laughs> For sure. Well, I, I, I've just seen it as, and I love the idea of, I've heard that before when someone is offering to help. Um, I've not heard it in regards to gender, which is fascinating to me, but is that to say yes, because it is, you're, you're giving them a gift with your yes. And right. The essence of theirs. Um, so yeah, right. it's beautiful. It's a two way street. Yeah. You know, they're giving you the gift of not having to do it all. And you're giving them the gift of allowing to give. Yeah. And, this is something, because as women, we're such big givers, that's kind of like we were taught. Yeah. You know, if you go back to your grandparents, the, your grandma probably always served your grandfather first, and the men got the best. And it was like, well, part of that, by the way, is also that DNA coding, that they got the best so that they would keep the woman safe, protected, and provided for. You know, they needed that male to survive. And that's why, how we learn to over give, but to give and give and give. But that was a more balanced situation. They all knew what their roles were, but it's translated into today. Whereas women, we were sort of taught to do 
something for everybody except ourselves. We forget to give to ourselves. And it really needs to start here, but it needs to start with a learning how to receive from self and from others, whether it's men you want to date or whether it's friends. You don't have to do it all yourself. Yeah, beautiful. I love it. Well, I've learned a lot. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> you're so welcome. It's one of my favorite things to teach because even though I always got along great with men, I wasn't, I didn't really understand what made them tick. And this is a huge part. There's way more than this. This is something I teach all my clients, but there's way more. But when you understand the male mind and how it ticks, life can be easier. (laughs) It really can. And I look at it from a women's perspective, we're trying to live these two roles and do this dual personality thing of being the nurturer and filling this, this more masculine role. And yeah, it's just, I I see a lot on Facebook posts of friends saying, Oh my gosh, I'm so exhausted because I'm working and I'm taking care of the kids and I'm caring for the house and I'm trying to do this and I'm running the Girl Scout troop and I'm la la la. And yeah, so it's exhausting. But I have seen something interesting in the younger generation. Like I look at it um, with my kids and my nieces and their relationships. And three of the women have sort of set a standard. But remember, they're building from when they're young. They've set a standard of getting help. Like when I had my kids, I would have never had my husband get up in the middle of the night to change a diaper because he was the breadwinner. Remember, safe, protected, provided for. And I needed him to be okay. So I would just every night nurse and then change the diaper and then whatever it was. And then I see them saying, hey, you know, I'll nurse, but you could change the diaper. You know, it's like, and, and I think it's so much healthier. They're building a relationship where they're not trying to be super women. Yeah. Some still are, but I see there's more, these women have started from the beginning of, Hey, it's not just the money that counts. And with our generation, I think it was, Hey, they're bringing home the money. Cause we often started in tradition, more traditional roles, even though we worked, we were going to have kids and, it was very, you know, it was kind of different. And that's how we became so, such overgivers. And we were exhausted, exhausted. Yeah. Because working is not just about bringing home money. It's in the home. Whew, that's a lot more work. Right? <laughs> and raising kids. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I remember telling my, my then husband, the, the boys were four and two, I think they were little. I had babies and toddlers, maybe one and three. And I said, I was working 40 hours a week, going to school at the University of Cincinnati in the evening for my psychology degree, but I was doing that full time. And so, and we had these kids. And so I said, all right, either I need to quit my job, quit school, which I was a year and a quarter away, a year and a semester away. Um, or we need to give the kids up for adoption and that's not an option. So... <laughs> One of these has to happen because I can't do it all. (laughs) Or getting him to help. And that was the part that we didn't have and we didn't know how to ask for it. Right. And we didn't know how to create that because that was not the role models that we grew up with. Yeah. So yeah, that's hard. He was, he was a pretty big helper, but he was going to school in the evenings for his degree as well and working full time. So we were just like, I don't know why we, we decided to throw kids into that mix too, but we were that was the thing that was just the thing to do (laughs) right 
Awesome. Well, is there anything else that you wanted to touch upon that we haven't had a chance to talk about? Well, I think mindset is a super important thing when it comes to dating and being in a relationship. And I think it's a, a lot about focusing on what you want and staying focused on that. And this is true for anything in life because it is so easy for us to get caught up in the challenges. And I do believe the challenges are what bring us to where we are today. To, we're stronger. We're able to make better decisions, all of that. But we can get very caught up in the challenges and the problems and not get out of them because we don't, can't see, you know, we can't see through the clouds. So it's really important to have a mindset where you're going to set intention for what you want and how you're going to get there and stay on track and get help. If you need help, there's nothing wrong with needing help. You know, I love helping women. I mean, I just love helping women find love. And the emails I get from women and they say, they say the biggest thing they say is, I got my guy and it's because of that what I understood about men. And also they do a quality man template and that's having a clear vision of the right man. But when you have a strategy in place, that is going to help keep your intention and your goal online. And it gives you the ability to know a next step versus getting stuck in the problem because what you focus on is what shows up in your life. So becoming open to the possibilities and to solving solution oriented is the best thing you can do in life and dating and love and relationships, all of it. <laughs> yes. I'm a huge fan of law of attraction and I get it. And I, yes, uh, it's almost like a vision board of what it is you want in, in a person and a partner. Yeah. Yeah. And set your intention that, you know, you know, there's going to be some bombs and take breaks if you need to, you know, uh, you do need to from anything. It's just like taking a vacation. That's the reason you need it. You burn out. Right. And take a, take a break, hire a coach, read a book, um, you know, whatever it is that you need to do the fastest, what you feel is the fastest route for you awesome. and get focusing on the possibilities and the solutions because you're putting it out to the universe that way. And, yeah. and that's whatever you put out there is going to show up. So you got a choice. It can be the garbage or it can be, Oh, solutions. <laughs> yeah. I love it. And I'm right there with you. So awesome. All right. Well, it's so how do people get a hold of you? Where do they find you? Okay. So my website is findaqualityman.com. That's where you can get that free ebook. If you want to know anything about coaching, I do offer a complimentary session to really take a look at your love life, what's working, what's not working, and then what it is you ultimately want. And if I can help you to get that, I'll show you that. If, if I think there's something better, I'll steer you to that. But either way on those calls, I want to make sure that you get value and that you'll know what you need to do, solutions, what you need to do to find the right person for you. And so you can do that by going to my website, findaqualityman.com. And you could just click on the coaching tab and just fill out a little form. It takes you about two minutes to tell me what's going on in your life and what you're struggling with. Cause Hey, we can struggle a lot. And you know, it's, you don't want to spend the next 10 years figuring it all out. So, <laughs> and, and then we'll set up a time to talk after that. But I love, I mean, it's really my, it's really 
my life's purpose. And it's come from doing everything wrong. (laughs) (laughs) So now I, (laughs) what? Isn't it funny how we find our, ourselves onto these paths when when things have gone completely array and just, yeah, totally wrong. Um, and somehow we find ourselves doing this life work that's, um, you can tell when someone's sole purpose, you just radiate it and it's beautiful. So thank you. I love it. I just love it. Helping women be happy. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, we're all worthy of it, that, right? Yeah. And to feel empowered because so many, we give up our power and, you know, I did too. And I don't want to, you know, so I try and help women not to have to struggle with that. Yeah. Beautiful. All right. All right. Well, thank you again for being here and the work you do for empowering women. And um, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Terry. (laughs) Absolutely. All right. Well, everyone, thank you for joining us today on the Healing Place podcast. And remember until next time, be gentle. Thank you so much for listening today to the Healing Place podcast with your host and trauma warrior, Terry Welbrock. If you enjoyed this episode and want to learn more about Terry, her mission, and the Hope for Healing journey, visit Terry's website at www.terrywellbrock.com. Thank you for liking, commenting, sharing, and offering your reviews on our YouTube channel, audio outlets, and Facebook page. And as Terry reminds us, until next time, remember, be gentle with yourself.